Thanks for listening to the Seeds Church Podcast. If you're in Middle Tennessee, we'd love to have you join us in person for one of our services. Check out SeedsChurchTN.com for times and locations. Hello, church family. We're so glad to be here with you this morning. Uh, wherever you might be watching from, your living room, your car, here in Middle Tennessee, somewhere on the other side of the world, we don't know, but we're glad that you're here with us this morning. Well, we're back in this Strong Families series today. I've got a list of things here for you, Jamie. I've got a list of words I want to give to you. And I just want to see, and maybe you can too, maybe you can see, if you can connect the dots between the correlation between these different words. Okay, ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe. We're about to find out. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Affirmation. Apologizing. Asking for help. Confession. Encouragement. Gratitude. Honesty. Laughter. Praise and worship. Prayer. Repentance. And truth. What common thread do you see through all those things? I think all of them you have to you have to open your mouth. You have to speak out. True. You have to do this right here. You have to speak them out of your mouth. You have to open your mouth. These are things that you can't just keep in your head, in your thoughts, you know, in the private space of just, you know, right here. You know, affirmation and apologizing. Like if I wronged you and I needed to come to you and make it right, it doesn't just happen right here. Are you you getting that? Are you getting that? Did you have laughter on that list? (laughs) Yeah, laughter's on here. Yeah, that was the one that threw me because I was like, you don't really speak laughter, but I guess you have to open your mouth you do. to laugh. All of these things. And not only are they things that you have to actually speak out of your mouth, but another correlation, another common thread between all of these things is that they are all connected to some kind of blessing. Think about it in these terms. I'm going to read the list again, and I want you to think about that all of these things, there's blessing connected to these things. Affirmation, apologizing, asking for help. Confession, encouragement, gratitude, honesty, laughter, praise and worship, prayer, repentance, and truth. All of these words have some kind of blessing attached to them. So let's go now to the book of Ephesians and let's see what Paul says to the church in Ephesus as it relates to these kinds of things, this list of words, this speaking things out of your mouth. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 21. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth for we're all part of the same body. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving, one another, just as 
God through Christ has forgiven you. And I love that part right there because it is a wonderful reminder when we are in this mode of like, well, I don't, I want to keep bitterness. I want to keep rage. I want to keep anger and harsh words towards that person. No, wait a second. Paul's reminded me what God has done for me. Oh, God has forgiven me through Christ. Golly, I guess I know what that means for me now. I guess I know that means I have to put off the old man and put on the new man and reject bitterness, reject rage, anger, harsh words, slander, all other types of evil behavior. And instead, my mouth needs to be words of kindness, tenderheartedness, and forgiving people. And so we see this uh, principle forming here of what Paul is talking about. And as it relates to strong families, building strong families here in our home, strong family in the church, strong church family, strong relational family, blood family, we see this, strong families speak life. Strong families speak life. Let's say that again. Strong Strong families families speak speak life. life. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think we've all heard at one time or another, whether you're a Christian or not, you've probably heard this verse because it's a pretty famous verse. And it's from Proverbs chapter 18. And we're very familiar with verse 21, but I'm going to read the verse right before it. And it says this, wise words satisfy like a good meal. You know, how many of you like a good meal? I do. This woman right here can cook a good meal. She's cooked many good meals, especially during this quarantine. Probably too many good meals during this quarantine. Uh, Wonderful meals. We had some good steak the other night. I, I cooked that anyway. But it says, wise words satisfy like a good meal. The right words bring satisfaction. And then here's the part that all of us know. The tongue can bring death or life. And then it goes on to say this, which, you know, a a lot of us are familiar with that part. You know, there's death and life and the power of the tongue. That might be the way that you heard it once before. But here's the rest of that verse. It says this, those who love to talk will reap the consequences. And to be honest with you, when I first read this and have read it many times before, and I think about that, those who love to talk will reap the consequences. I think about people who just like to talk a lot and like to hear themselves talk and like to gossip and like to, you know, talk a lot of vain things. And I think about the consequences of those things and how they reap those consequences. But that's not just what the verse says. Right, because it it works in both directions. It works both ways. So that ways. means if you talk a lot and you're talking down about things, you will reap what you have sown. But that same principle stands for truth when you reap, when you sow good things. Yeah, when you speak life. When you speak life over things, then you will reap what you sow in that direction too. The tongue can bring death or life. So right. if I love to talk a lot of death, then I'm going to reap deathly kinds of consequences. And you know, our mouth, our words, are, are not just vain things. They're not just um, unimportant things. It's important what you say. Absolutely. Because our words are connected to our belief, our faith. Yeah. So if we love to speak life, then we're going to reap the consequences of that, which is a wonderful thing to it rejoice in. We've um, spoken life over our real estate and over decisions. Yeah. We've spoke into things like, God, you are our direction. You lead us. You guide us. 
through the peace of your Holy Spirit. And so when we go to sell a house, we wait until we feel that nudging of the Holy Spirit to go now. And then we will look at a million different houses before we step into one and go, yep, this is where we're supposed to be by the peace of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes it's the one that makes absolutely no sense as to why you would buy it. But God has always used that because we continue to speak life out over it and speak life over us. We speak life over ourselves that we would hear him, that we would have his direction. And that's just over material things. How much more does this work? Blessing, how much more does blessing work when we use it from one human to another? Oh, it's it's incredibly important. And, and it's not just the fact that, you know, we're just speaking out the things that we want. Right. What we're doing is, is we're coming into agreement with what God has said already. We're coming into agreement with what God's Word says, and we're coming into agreement with what the Holy Spirit is bearing witness to our own spirit. And so, um, yeah, we get into your minivan, <laughs> and on the armrest, you know, the material is kind of breaking up a little bit. It's 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 old. It's sat in the sun for a long time, and it's not really old. It's that that car is eight years old, and you know the the parts of the seat are cracking, but it still works, mm-hmm. and the mechanics still work, and and we get in that car and we bless it continually we, every time we get in, we bless it. We say, God, thank you for this yeah. vehicle. Yeah. And yeah, there's little minor things like that here and there, but you know what? The Lord continues to bless it. We continue to bless it. And there is another principle here in Numbers chapter six that I want us to read. What's happening here is that the Lord uh, is giving some instruction to Moses and then Moses is giving this instruction to the people about uh, consecrating themselves as being Nazarites. Towards the end of this chapter, Numbers chapter six, this says this, verse 22, the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons, Aaron is the high priest, Aaron is Moses' brother, and the Lord appointed him to be the high priest in Israel. He says, tell Aaron and his sons to bless the people of Israel with this special blessing. And this is the part you probably know. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Does that sound familiar? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but then it goes on to say this. Whenever Aaron and his sons bless the people of Israel in my name, I myself will bless them. Mm-hmm. I, that gives me goosebumps to know that the Lord is giving us authority. He's giving us power to bless things. And that he says, when you bless people, this blessing in my name, yeah. I, will, I will honor that. Yeah. I will come into agreement with it. I am going to partner with that. And it's really not just God partnering with us. It's we're partnering with God. It's an incredible honor to be able to, to speak this and know, wow, this is the Lord is at work in this. Yeah, yeah I think um, sometimes we may discount that we have the ability and the privilege to speak life over people wherever we go. But especially we have the duty of speaking it in our homes over our marriage, over our children. And um, when we were preparing for this message today, I looked at JD and said, hey, run upstairs real quickly because we have um, a, a vision board like in our bathroom that we see every day. And on it, I have had this piece of paper and he ran upstairs and grabbed it and brought it down. And um, we started reading it together and just seeing like, wow, that 
you have the authority to speak blessing not only over the generation that's right in front of you, but over your children and your children's children and your children's children's children. <laughs> right? Is that okay to say that? Children's children's children? <laughs> sure. Yes. Yeah, so um, I wanted to share this with you. This was written by JD's grandfather in 1992, not just over his mom and dad and him and his sister, but over his spouses and future children. And we were starting to read some of these scriptures. And I mean, some of these, you know, really well, um, Philippians 4:19 says, and this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs according to his riches, which has been given to us in Christ Jesus. Now all the glory to God forever and ever. Amen. And so his grandfather was saying over my children, over their children and over their children, God will supply all their needs. He was beginning to bless, to, to put his hand upon his family and say, I bless you in the name of Jesus. This is the things that I bless you with. And he brought it right back to scripture. Um, another one was Isaiah 61, three. Yeah, this is what Isaiah 61, three says. It says to console those who mourn in Zion. Well, isn't that a great way to start off with scripture? Um, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Mm -hmm. And so his grandfather wrote over us and over our children, and over his children, over us and over our children, that our children would be plantings of the Lord, that he would be glorified through their lives. Well, that's incredible blessing to pray generations ago that generations after him would be planted and rooted in the Lord and that he would be glorified through their lives. What an awesome, an awesome thing to have for us. And then I remembered going back to our wedding, the longest wedding on the face of the planet, by the way. Um, we just recently got to go back and watch our wedding and um, because it had been on VHS for so long, we finally sent it in and had it. Um, converted to DVD and sat and watched it, and it was like an hour. It was way too. It long. It was just crazy, ridiculous long. But if what you were at our wedding, sorry, almost 21 years ago, <laughs> we are sorry for how long we made it. Anyway, um, um, my parents and and JD's parents, they came up and prayed this blessing over us at our wedding, and they basically just prayed scripture out over us and the blessings for obedience in Deuteronomy 28. It says your towns and your fields will be blessed. Your children and your crops will be blessed. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be blessed. Your fruit baskets and breadboards will be blessed. Wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be blessed. And so I think back even 21 years ago, how your parents and my parents we're, we're speaking a blessing over our marriage and over our lives and over our children and over their children, that all of the blessings of the Lord would rest upon us. Yeah. What an awesome heritage. And maybe you're watching this today and you didn't grow up with that kind of heritage, but the good news is you get to be the one who creates that heritage for generation after generation after generation. And how important it is that what you sow, you will reap. And so you begin to sow words of life over your children. You begin to sow words of life over your family, over your finances. Maybe you've lost your job right now. 
Maybe you don't have a job right now. You begin to sow words of life into that, that God is your provider, that he has a better job for you waiting on the other side of this. And if you own a business, begin to speak life over your business. Absolutely. Now I want to say this. Speaking life of your situation does not mean that you're in denial of your circumstances. It does not mean that you're in denial of your feelings. It does not mean that you're in denial over your thoughts. But what it does mean, speaking life over your situation, over your thoughts, over your feelings, it does mean that I'm going to choose to come into agreement with what God's Word says over all of these things. My thoughts, my words, my actions, my circumstances, my financial situation, my job situation, my kids, my whatever it is. I'm coming to agreement with that rather than coming into agreement with just whatever it is that I feel or think, which may not come into alignment with what God says. And so, again, we're not denying those things. We're not saying that those things don't exist. We're not pretending that they don't exist. No, we're actually confronting them. We're saying, oh, well, this is the way I feel. This is the way that I think. This is the circumstance that I find myself in. But what does God say about it? It's not, listen, you're not a failure. You're not some lesser Christian. You're not some lesser person. If you have thoughts that are you know, way out there and, or the thoughts that are contrary to God's word, God doesn't love you any less because you find yourself in a circumstance right now that you don't, it doesn't seem like you're living a blessed life. But what you do need to do is say, you know what, wait a second here. This is not the end of the story. I know this, Jeremiah 29, 11 says that God has plans to prosper me. Uh, He has a good hope and a good future for me. So that's what I'm going to come into agreement with. God says that he's going to bless me and protect me. God says that he's going to smile on me and be gracious to me and show his favor to me and give me his peace. God, I may not feel that way today. My circumstances may not reflect that, but I'm going to choose to speak those things out of my mouth rather than just coming to agreement with the problem or the negative feelings or the negative circumstances. Listen. We all go through ups and downs in life. Jesus never promised us a problem-free life. He says, come and follow me and all your problems will disappear. (laughs) He never said that. In fact, he said the exact opposite. We've been talking a lot about the Easter story over the last couple of weeks, but Jesus makes this triumphant entry into Jerusalem. And you know what? He, He goes into the temple. He turns over the tables. And the next day he passes by this fig tree. And the fig tree didn't have any figs on it. And he curses the fig tree. And he says, this fig tree is supposed to have figs. It doesn't. This thing's going to be cursed. The next day, they walk by that exact same fig tree. It's withered up. It's dried out. And it's dead. And the disciples are just blown out of their mind. Like, Jesus, what's the deal with this? How This is the same tree that we walked by yesterday. It had leaves on it. It didn't have figs on it, but it wasn't dead. And Jesus said, he talked to us about the power of our faith and our words. And I said that there is faith is connected to our words. In Mark chapter 11, he talks about this. And he says, what, if you say to this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea and do not doubt in your heart and you believe it, then it shall come to pass. And so sometimes, sometimes our words come before the faith comes. And sometimes faith comes before the words come. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. So what does that mean? Well, it means I need to get myself right here. 
It means that I need to get myself around people who are speaking things that line up with this because I need to build my faith. And then what do I need to say out of my own mouth for my own ears to hear? Things that have faith attached to them. And I may not have the faith right away, but I have the words and I can choose which words to say and I can choose to speak life right. and the faith will come. And I'm telling you what, this is a powerful principle here that we need to get a hold of, that strong families, whether that be strong relational families, strong church family, we speak life. Yeah, I think that along the lines of, of building faith and, and, a, and a good way to remind yourself to keep those things in your mouth is that when you go through hard times, like you said, you do, you will. We haven't always had everything um, perfect in our life. But when we fall on hard times, I can go back to a blessing that was spoken over us and remind myself that it was spoken that our God will supply all our needs according to His riches and glory, that He's our provider. And not only does it say it through the word, but I've had generations in front of me say, God will supply all your needs. Your children will be and bring glory to the Lord. And so it kind of reminds me of speaking blessing over people and how it can set a course of, of faith building and set a course of direction for their life. Whether you realize what you're doing or not, if you choose to put life, if you choose to put words of life in your mouth, how it can change the course of people's lives around you. Because this isn't a common practice. It isn't human nature to always speak life, but it is God's nature for you to always speak life. And it reminds me of this little girl um, a story that I heard many, many years ago about this little girl whose father was um, the owner of a little country store. And she would go and sit at her father's store while her father was working when she was young. And at about four years of age, she um, would watch the milkman come in to deliver the milk every day into the country store. And when he would come around the corner, he would say to her, how's my little Miss America? And as a little girl, she would just kind of chuckle and giggle and not really fully understanding the grasp of what he was saying. But what was happening, whether he realized it or not, is it was stirring up faith on the inside of her and taking root. The idea of that was taking root. And ultimately what happened was that little girl hearing, how's my little Miss America? It became a childhood fantasy for her. And as she grew older, it became a teenage dream and ultimately became a life goal that she would try to achieve, that she wanted to be Miss America. And she had heard that spoken over her as young as four years old, all the way through. And so those words of life that had continually been spoken over her came to fruition in 1980. In Atlantic City, she stood on a stage and was pronounced Miss America that year. Yeah, Cheryl Pruitt is who you're talking mm -hmm. about. You know, the milkman may have not known that the very thing that he was speaking over her would plant a seed on the inside of her, would set the course of her life, would set her destiny out. Yeah. It was a seed of blessing. Yeah. And I don't know if you know her story or not, but Cheryl Pruitt isn't someone who came from um, means or she didn't have a, a, a direct path from you know her upbringing to getting the Miss America crown. Right. There was lots of adversity in her life, right. lots of things to overcome, but that seed of blessing yes. that that milkman <laughs> planted in that little yeah. girl, it, it, it 
germinated and it yeah. was cultivated and it bore fruit right. many years later. And I've heard her speak on this too, where she said through times where there would be trial and she would lose contests and stuff, she would still speak over herself, I will be Miss America. Mm. And she just began to pronounce blessing over herself. Right now, maybe you're sitting there going, my circumstances don't look so great right now. Well, you have the authority of the spirit of the living God on the inside of you to speak life, speak blessing over yourself, speak blessing over your marriage. I know right now, we've heard from a lot of different people that this quarantine time has brought out all the beautiful things in their marriage and their family. Well, don't revel in that. Speak blessing over your marriage. Speak blessing over your children and over your children's relationship with each other. Don't focus on what you see in front of you. Focus on what the Lord has to say. Absolutely. Paul gave this encouragement to the church in Thessalonica. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11, and he says this, Christ died for us so that whether we are dead or alive when he returns, we can live with him forever. So encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. And church, I just wanna tell you this, those of you that are part of the Siege Church family, uh, those of you that we've been in contact with or we're hearing stories, you are doing this. You're building each other up, you're encouraging each other, and I can't tell you how proud I am of you that you're doing this. Just like Paul was proud of this church in Thessalonica, I'm proud of you that you're doing this. And let us continue. Let us not give up. Let us not waver. Let us continue speaking life over our lives, over our families, over our church family, over our community, over Middle Tennessee, over the state of Tennessee, over the nation of America, and over the nations of this world. Because I'm telling you what, COVID-19 has nothing on the power of God and the power yeah. of faith. Yeah. And if we can speak life, if we can speak words of wisdom, if we can walk in wisdom, we can speak blessing over yeah. people, COVID-19 has got no authority over us. Yeah, I, I have one more scripture I just wanted to share with you um, this morning. And that's in Isaiah 55, verse 10. It says, the rain and the snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to and will prosper everywhere I send it. And so just to encourage you this morning, your words have power. Your blessing has power. And so speak life, speak life in your home today. Speak life into your future. As we come out of this, speak life into your business. Speak life into your marriage and life over your children today. We have a short testimony that we want to show you now of another family in our church who's speaking life. Becky was not given a lot of hope by his doctors. Beckett had stomach surgery at eight hours old, and then because his heart condition was progressing a lot faster than expected, he was paralyzed for a week. At one week old, Beckett had heart surgery, and surgery went fantastic. The doctors said to expect for him to wake up within 24 hours. Wow. 72 hours goes by, and there's no 
sign of movement. There's no sign of brain activity. There's nothing. So at this point, the doctors didn't have a whole lot of hope. They told me to expect him to have a major brain bleed. Um, they told me to expect him to be permanently paralyzed from the paralytics he was on. Um, but to not expect very much. So the only thing I needed to do was pray. So every day for the next couple of weeks, I got on my knees and I prayed and I gave every single part of Beckett's body up to God. I prayed over his head and I laid my hands over his head. I laid my hands over his lungs. I laid my hands over his heart, his stomach, his legs and his arms. And I just gave every single part of his body up to God. Because that was the only thing I knew what to do. And I prayed that God would speak life. And that God would breathe air into his lungs. And two weeks later, Becca started moving. And Becca started opening his eyes. And he started showing signs of brain activity. And his doctors were extremely surprised and they were all shocked and the only words that they had for Beckett was a miracle and so don't ever lose hope don't ever think that God's not listening because God is listening God just has a plan that's far greater than ours so thank you guys for being a part of Beckett's journey and we're going to continue to speak life into Beckett and continue to pray that he grows and <laughs> how to do things um, so thank you guys for being a part of it and don't ever give up hope because God doesn't ever give up and he's always there for us. So thanks. What a powerful testimony. Church, I want to leave you with this piece of homework this week. I want you to take some time this week and be intentional. Right now, if you have to get out your phone and put a reminder in your calendar, like I know we all talk about how much more time we have right now with our schedules because we're not as busy as we have been. Listen, I get that, but for some reason or another, I'm finding ways to fill the time. <laughs> yeah. We find ways to fill the time, whether it's with house projects or this thing, that thing, or the other. We find ways to fill the time. So you still have to be intentional about these kinds of things. So get out your calendar right now and find a time this week. And I'm just going to sit down by myself or I'm going to sit down with my spouse. And we're going to do this. Send the kids off to, you know, outside to play. Send them off to the bedroom. Get quiet and get before the Lord and write a blessing over your family. If you're single, write a blessing over yourself. Go to the Lord, God's Word and say, all right, what does God's Word have to say about me? What does God's Word have to say about my situation, about my circumstances? Write a blessing out over yourself according to God's Word and put that, post that somewhere yeah. where you can see it every day. Print it out. Make copies of it. Mm -hmm. Give it to your children. Give it to your spouse. Post it on Facebook, you know, because it's not just going to be an encouragement to you. It'll be an encouragement to other people. But do this because this is so important. This thing here that my grandfather wrote in 1992 is still coming true today in my family. In, in not just in this Swilly household, but in the other Swilly households as well. And I, and I proclaim and pronounce that it will 
happen and go forth in my children's households as they grow older and they get spouses of their own. So do this this week. Write a blessing over your family, over yourself, over your family, maybe over your business, maybe over some of your friends. Write a blessing this week. You might be watching today and you're part of our church family. You might be watching today and you're not part of our church family, but you're a believer, whether it's in our community or some other community around the world. And we're glad that you're watching. But we also realize that there's other folks that are watching. You may not be a believer at all. You might not be a Christian at all, but you're curious about the things of God. You're curious about what is the church doing right now in the midst of this worldwide crisis? And you're just, you're checking us out. You might be skeptical about us. You might be skeptical about Christianity. Or you might be watching today and you're a prodigal. You used to be part of the church, whether it's Seeds Church or some other church, but you used to be part of this of the church and you're no longer today. Listen, I don't care where you are today, what demographic you are today, you can know that God loves you and he's provided blessing for you through his son, Jesus. And I wanna give you an opportunity right now to come to God. You might've been sitting here listening to us speak. You might've been sitting and watching the worship earlier, listening to that testimony, and something has been pulling on your heart saying, come closer to God, take a step closer to God. I can tell you who that is and what that is. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the work of God's Holy Spirit in your life today. And I want to give you an opportunity to take that step and say, God, I want to come close to you today. And if that's you right now, I just invite you to pray with me as I pray. God, I come to you now and I give my life to you. God, I, I might've been a prodigal. I might've been skeptical. I might be curious, but I'm coming to now today and I'm saying, God, I, I'm turning towards you. I want to leave that old way behind and I want to adopt the new way. I want you to make me new. And so, Jesus, I believe that you are Lord and I want you to be in charge of my life. I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe that God raised you from the dead and I surrender my life to you. God, make me your own. Make me your son. Make me your daughter. My life is yours. Come and clean me from all of my sin, all of my shame, all of my guilt, all of that weight. God, take that from me and give me your new nature. I receive it now. I receive your forgiveness. And I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit and come and make a difference through my life. In the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Stay connected with us at SeedsChurchTN.com and on social media. Our mission at Seeds Church is to help people discover who God created them to be and equip them to do what He called them to do. One of the easiest ways you can help us accomplish our mission is by simply sharing this podcast. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening. We hope to see you soon.